comments.org. You can email us your feedback, questions, and story ideas to comments at fsrn.org. Our newscast is produced by Tyna Gisi and Monica Lopez. Our headlines editor is Shannon Young. Our technical production team at KPFA in Berkeley includes Antonio Ortiz and Puck Lowe. Eric Klein will be back tomorrow. Our Washington, D.C. editor is Leanne Caldwell. From KPFK in L.A., I'm Aura Bogado. Sassafras Root Mayhem. This is the Sexual Pantalones, and you're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. What's going on in here? Well, I told you, we're remodeling closets. I knew this was going to happen eventually, but not so soon. Come on, it's a new year, time to start over. Plus, we need more room for all your nasty construction boots. Uh, you mean stiletto heels? Whatever. They take up a lot of space, Imelda. So what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet? Well, um, we're going to have more student voice, regular guest editorials. What about the music and the insightful investigative reporting? Um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, bake my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. God, I feel like I'm at a press conference I, with you. I, <laughs> I've got I've got a, like a whole bunch of microphones in front of me. I, I don't know which one I should use. There's a big yellow one and a gray one, and and I and I don't know which one makes like you I'm, sound better. It's like either. I'm at a podium. Do yeah. <laughs> you have any announcements you need to make? <laughs> My fellow Americans. That's right. Well, today uh, is June twentieth, hey. uh, two thousand seven, and uh, Gabe is not feeling well, so he's not going to be able to. Eat. Well, he's going to try to call in, um, and uh, so we can uh, talk to him, see how his week's been. But uh, um, so we have uh, David here, and we also have Keith from Common Language uh, hey. uh, visiting us. So this is terrific. Yeah, so uh, this is nice. Yes, it's summertime, man. Woohoo! It is hot out there. Oh, exactly. People are stripping clothes off. Oh. Left. I talked about that last week and it's oh. just driving me crazy oh and the athletic uh, training is happening oh. Oh. <laughs> and the, the the drinks with the umbrellas in them <laughs> and the uh <laughs> or, or just the people in the, oh. the, uh, in the umbrellas that have had drinks. <laughs> yes, and the club scenes and the yes. uh, the music and the celebrations and people are outside and Absolutely. just having fun. Oh, my God. Love this time of the year. Absolutely. Love Absolutely. It. Love it. So, like, um, oh, we've got a call already. Oh, my heavens. It might be. <laughs> Surprise. So. Oh. Hello. 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 Oh my well, goodness! Hey, it's you so are... nice to talk to you. How are you? How are you feeling? I'm good. I, you know, I just have a little headache. It's, it's passing, though. I'm, I'm gonna try to walk. I think take a nice walk. And... You know, the listeners actually wouldn't even know that you're not in the studio. Well, I am in the studio. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, I heard you say "boys and umbrellas," and I perked oh, right up. It... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Not that kind of polls on umbrellas. I'm just glad the queen could call. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So did you watch the uh, Harry and uh, William uh, special? Did I watch it? 
Did please. You... <laughs> <laughs> was all like, I think about my mother every day. <laughs> he even does the accent. That's what's wow, scary. That's nice. And yeah. like, yeah. And this concert's a great way to, to celebrate my mother's life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah. one of the things I just I got a little upset with is the fact that they just kept they just kept repeating that over and over and over about the paparazzi and her death oh. and and just like every time we, we break for commercial or we come back from commercial it's you know the diana's death and the paparazzi and well as a fellow royal <laughs> you are you know you know you are royal and i and i can i can attest to this now we have evidence that you are f- like famous and that you have paparazzi following like, you around is it, this is my diamond encrusted. Well, I'll tell you, I was uh, <laughs> I was at a local uh, drinking establishment, and uh, I just enjoying a, a a white glass of wine, uh-huh. you know. And I was drinking with my pinky in the air just to kind of show I have manners, <laughs> you know. And uh, and there I see the Outpost magazine. Uh-huh. Now this is I'm this familiar. is re- we're going to talk about reading. We're going to talk about reading later in this. Well, for the whole show, yeah, it's, it's about reading. Show. It's exactly. about reading and yes. books. And so, what one of the books I read <laughs> is Outpost Magazine. Outpost magazine. And uh-huh. I I like it it's because lots of pictures. That's basically it. Is that I'm not looking for the text. I'm so much. <laughs> I, I'm looking for the pictures. Right. And, um, but the pictures are captioned. Let's just put that out I always there. read the captions, and that's the extent of the textual reading that I do. But uh, this is one of the books that I enjoy. That's and, right. <laughs> and, uh, and it comes out, I think it comes out once uh, every every two weeks, I think, yeah. And uh, in this issue of Outpost, this is for June 13th through the 26th. There's a very mm-hmm. nice picture of a rainbow flag, and there's a person in front of it with a blue uh uh, shirt on, and, and I love blue. It's my favorite color. <laughs> and, uh, but inside, there's the party picks, and the there's uh, there's all sorts of party picks because this is Gay Pride Month. That's right. It every is. every month is Gay Pride Month, but we want to really celebrate it. We want this is the intense Gay Pride Absolutely. Month, right in June. And as an aside, June is Gay Pride Month, the month of gay's birthday, and. The yes, of the Queen's birthday. not it's uh, <laughs> it's not a coincidence. This not is all this is all, all the grand plan uh-huh, of uh-huh. the royal plan. So there's a nice there's a there's a page in there of the out bar party picks, and there's a, all the waiters are there, and some of them are shirtless. And, uh, you know. Boy, things have changed at that bar since I've been there. Yeah, <laughs> you were just there yesterday, weren't you? I was. <laughs> uh, and then there's also the Metro party picks, and look at this. Everybody, I got an issue here for everybody. Oh, for everybody. Yeah. Fantastic. What page? It's uh, page uh, 24. Take a look at page 24. <laughs> yeah. Take, and look at the, uh, the, middle, the middle picture there. Oh, man. Picture number three. It's true. Wow. It's Gabe. It's the cutie? queen, the royal highness herself. She is there. She's photographed. Paparazzi caught her. <laughs> She's uh, having a good time, and I love it. And friend, and yes, friend. <laughs> so, so the story is: so Steve, the the lovely publisher of this very publication, Outpost, um, I had cajoled him into taking a picture of my friend Mike and myself because Mike was leaving for DC the next day for the rest of his life. So Aww. it was a nice Aww. little souvenir. Bittersweet. We used to joke the only way that Mike could get on to get into our post if he was, you know, shirtless on stage. So mm-hmm. oh. it was it was, it was uh, a nice 
gesture and and the paparazzi just wouldn't leave me alone no they're, they're always hounding you and i feel it's so true. bad for you and your family and, and you just you can't have a private life in your in your it's position true. Oh my no, gosh. I feel I'm bad glad for you, you understand. Yeah. So so you're famous now, you're in print, and obviously this just underscores what I'm talking about is that he is you, like on top of it. You know, all. I have a problem with this. Thing is bad press. That's right. That's right. You know, I I've been having a little troubles with this. I've been doing this show for like I think eight or nine years now, and I have not once been put in out uh, in outpost. And Gabe does this for like what uh, this is your sixth month? It's, and you're already yeah, he's in. He's in the family. Though that's the thing oh, is that they they love the family. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, uh, <laughs> so this is really nice, and uh, <laughs> that's so a great can, picture of yeah. you. And and perhaps as the car guys say, I've got a face made for radio. <laughs> 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 yes. Uh, so it was just it's nice to see that again. You're in you're in the pictures, and uh, absolutely, it's just something that we have to get used to here is that your fame is something that that we have to adjust to. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will live forever in infamy, right? Yes, you That's will. Right. Very glad to see it. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. You know, and it's, it's you know, um, I'm glad. You know, anytime you can have a picture of me for free, I won't mm-hmm. charge you. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's there's pictures of you everywhere, but I mean, this is just it's just it's just nice seeing updates. It's just nice seeing right. updates. Yeah, they're not when I'm never mind sitting. But right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're talking about books today. That's right. Where we are. It's going to be a reading theme, and uh, Keith Orr is here from the Common Language Bookstore. Oh, and, uh, we're Did you ever have... watch Reading Rainbow when you were younger? Uh, I didn't really I see didn't. that. Okay. No. <laughs> so I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I had to say it. I think it came in after me. Um, <laughs> I uh, loved Reading Rainbow. I watched one episode because it had LeVar Burton on it, and he's Jordy LaForge. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Starship and Enterprise. So. His, yeah. And he's what? <laughs> And and uh, David's a big nerd. So I'm, a, I'm a Star Trek oh, nerd. I'm a Star Trek gotcha, nerd. Oh, yeah, so, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. He was the host. It's true. I used to watch it, and they would suggest books, and then I would immediately go to the library and get those books. Mm-hmm. Now, what was this? What was this called again? The Rainbow? Reading Rainbow. Oh, I guess I have read. Would you say that that one. would you say that was intended to be a gay sh- a gay reading thing or uh, what's why was uh, it why was it called reading rainbow? Yeah, and I, I don't and know. It's not that everything associated with a rainbow is gay, but it is sort of our icon. It is, it is yeah, sort of. Well, one of I our mean, things. the opening did have like techno music and disco ball. Reading rainbow. You know, it is what it is. Oh, boy. Oh, summertime. I love this. All right. Well, y'all have a good show. Thank you, Gabe. And we are looking forward to the next uh, articles and images of you across the publications. Absolutely. It'll be be mine and Prince's engagement. Well, it's just your family. Yeah. All right. Say hi. Say hi to Prince Harry for me, okay? Okay. Okay. He's my favorite. Bye. (laughs) All right. Bye. Thanks, Uh, Gabe. Okay. Oy vey. (laughs) (laughs) So we were also talking last week about uh, visibility in the workplace, and I still have my little rainbow. It's a dog collar, right, on my suitcase, and um, not again. No one really made any outstretches of uh, you know camaraderie to me in okay. any way yeah, they didn't like uh we didn't have any kind of like hand-holding parade walking things together but gotcha. 
Um, there was a van drive. Well, we, we have to overnight in cities, in okay. different cities. And so we, we get driven to the hotel, and the hotel has gets us there through a van, and the van, there's a driver, right? Got it, right, right. All right, so that's, that's the math right gotcha, there. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, one of the van drivers just seemed very gayish to me, right? Uh-huh. He, he was kind of effeminate, and he had a very wiry body, and he had blonde spiked hair. Okay, and like just a, kind like of, a twink. And, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> you know, he's just kind of, and, and just, and obviously he's, he's loading my luggage. He okay. has to load it on the van and off the van, and, and then they get a dollar for that. Right, you know, right. Uh-huh. A standard tip. Uh, can't afford it, but I pay yeah. it. <laughs> that's know? right, that's right. Um, well, wouldn't that part be a part of the expense of, uh, uh, like, don't you get that like written off on mileage? Or? I'm gonna try. Okay, I'm gonna try to write stuff off. This okay, year, like crazy. Got um, it. But uh, so I, I kind of we we talked for a while. So we we kind of had a conversation. He you know and he has a and he was telling about his his where he lives and he has a dog and oh nice and stuff. So I I, I might have made a little connection there. We're good. Right? All right. And then uh, there was also this ramp worker, uh, one of the people who does the marshalling of the airplanes and the towing. Oh and the, wow! And all yeah, that yeah. And he and I kept making eye contact. So. Maybe there's, you know, the visibility in this this little flag thing That's on my suitcase right. is going to lead, you know, to some Absolutely. adventure yes. in some strange city Building somewhere. community. Yes. Being in those bridges <laughs> where they weren't bridged before. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's just, so, so far that, you know, it's the, the visibility thing is kind of on a, on a level thing and there's no, no spikes yet. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, you know, Kirk, um, I'll keep Captain trying. Kirk, I mean, they didn't run into anything too exciting at first either. I mean, we when should, they were let's, let's talk entirely into... about Star Trek today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Keith, can you can you come back next week? Yeah. And then... <laughs> or I can talk about Star Trek. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so, so I'll you know I'll keep bringing in updates and we'll see how the visibility thing goes. So that's Perfect. that's the news for the week. Wow. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Well, speaking of visibility, yeah. one of the things is that I actually had to go see. Um, uh, I had to go to urgent care this past. Um, oh. This. Uh, yeah. Was that nothing? Too nothing, nothing urgent. Nothing urgent. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like what really constitutes like emergency and urgent care. I mean, that's one of the I things. For that. me, if there's no bleeding, no broken bones, things like that, then it's more like urgent care because I got to, you know, something's wrong. But if I'm bleeding or I've got a broken bone, I'm mm-hmm. going right to emergency. There's mm-hmm. like something needs to happen mm-hmm. here. Um, um, I guess a heart attack, you know, they're bleeding or bro- bro- broken bones. But things, you know, yeah. of that nature is what I think is emergency. Other things, I go to urgent care. And I walk in and it happens to be, it was early in the morning, so my... A bad hair day could be urgent. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Nothing to wear. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but then I wouldn't leave the house. <laughs> no one no one to go out with on Saturday night. That's urgent. <laughs> Get me to urgent care. That's an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe need a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Get an exam. You know, or a so, nurse. That's right. There you go. And um, so I walk in to check in, and my housemate and um, is with me. And um, she's sitting, you know, off to the side or whatever. And the receptionist asks, because we're trying to update, you know, the information I have in the computer. And she goes, would you like to include your wife? Oh, and I looked at her and go, my what? I mean, I had no idea. <laughs> a like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, my wife? And, my wa- and she goes, y- your wife. And I looked at her like, oh. And I like, it took me a little bit like, What why? kind of a relationship is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, what the? And then I realized, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not needing to add anybody. Thank you very much. You've got the computer is fine. Uh, and she gave me this like horror look of like, you don't even want your wife on the emergency what contact. What is wrong with yeah. you? <laughs> Exactly. You monster! <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. So I'm just like looking at her, like, wow, this is interesting. So I fill out the form, 
And this is one of the things that I thought I thought was being kind of a little proactive with or whatever. But I actually mentioned to my doctor when I was in there was um, uh, for sex, it only gives me the option of male or female. Mm-hmm. And I said, what if I was transgendered and walk in here? How would how would I do this? She says, well, I really don't want to put other as another thing because mm-hmm. you know I'm going to get all kinds of stuff. And I said, well, I understand that. But you can just at least put transgender um, on on the list. She says, well, then I don't know how to address people because I address them by their last well, name. Well, I, I would have just have assumed that it would have been you put down however you identify yourself. Right. But then um, there are certain medical things, like, for instance, that she needs to be aware of, like dealing with hormones or dealing with... Uh, like, I think that would go in the notes you section. Know. And, you know, Got there's it. a little note. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> mm-hmm. Right. And so that was where I was kind of like... Mm, interesting. Are, are we railroading people if we ask them to choose male or female, and and whether they're uh, right? I mean, can their identity be somewhere in between? Maybe maybe you could say, don't put either any X down, or put down two X's. You know, male right. and female. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't but know. Let them those... sort it out in the office. You know. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and that's what's so interesting too is like when I've done surveys before, um, or and and where I'm like the third person, like for I'm the one that's just entering into mm-hmm. the computer for data purposes. And it will say, like, female, but then they've answered the prostate question. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the computer doesn't answer that. And it's oh. like, so it's like, how do I address interpret that? interpret the results. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's and that like, skews the results then. It, it, well, right. So oh, I'm just like, so that's where when they were filling this form out, I was kind of like, it would be much easier to be able to explain those situations or at least be able to, to address, to know, like, okay, is there anything that no assumptions are going to be, are being made about me? And, and so... It was very interesting. I mean, she was very open about it, but I, it, it was it, exactly how you responded is, you know, well, they, they um, I would need to know. Well, the, her first concern was, well, then I don't know what, what proper um, title to give them, Mr., Miss, or, mm-hmm. or Mrs., <laughs> and, and if I don't know the gender. And then at the same time, she was like, but then I also, if they answer male and they were born as a female, then how do I mm-hmm. know to ask certain things about pregnancy or, or hormone issues? or uh, Self-identity you know? is so complicated. Yeah. You, know? and I you, was can't, just... you can't put it on a form. It's very hard to be yeah. objective about it. Exactly. You know? But I was like, you know, so I just, I was trying to bring that to her awareness and things. And, and, the per- and my house. Meanwhile, you're bleeding all yeah. over the place. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Limping. Uh, yeah, right, right. And the, uh, With a lisp. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but the housemate was just kind of like, wow, that was very that was very activist of you. Like this, and, and yet... Well, what your you roommate know. doesn't know is it was a plan, and you're going to do this at every hospital, and <laughs> he's going to have to drive you there. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it was just like, oh my. Hidden so, camera and microphone. Oh, exactly. Right. Are you, are you okay now, though? Well, I am. It's, I've got this mystery pain on my uh, foot oh. and, uh, from... <laughs> Gardening. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to say it's, I'm just going to say it's an insect bite. Well, it's actually it's a, it's a little more serious, but yeah, but you're right. It's more like a ligament or tendon mm-hmm. tendon because uh, apparently I have no broken bones, mm-hmm. but yet I have this one spot that is mm-hmm. extremely tender. And well, it's, you need a foot rub. No, that would kill me. <laughs> I would go through the roof. I would be like, because that's the problem is like even just putting on a sock hurts. Uh, and so it's kind of like you know, oh my gosh. So so what are you wearing? I'm wearing a little booty. Sensible. Uh, sensible booties absolutely today. exactly so it's kind of interesting wow so this went a little longer than i expected so uh, we're gonna um uh take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and talk about common language Ooh, and uh, nice and uh and i'm gonna just while we're on that break i'm yes. just gonna be continuing Continue. to read through my my book absolutely <laughs> 
Hi, this is Linda Lombardini from Trillium Real Estate, the lindalom.com team. You are listening to Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. You are listening to Closets Are For Clothes. I'm David. Dan is here. And also our guest today is uh, Keith Orr from the Common Language Bookstore and also Out Bar Fame. And um, by the way, you can get our, our show through podcasting. Yes, and, absolutely. And uh, I, what I do is I subscribe to it. I like to listen to the show Yay. after and see see uh, what silly things did I say this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of things am I going to get letters about? Yeah. <laughs> and the letters have been coming, David. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get him off the show. That's right. <laughs> uh, but Keith is here, and we're going to talk about uh, the bookstore. We're going to talk about uh, books. We're going to talk about reading, and we're we're going to give you a list, or Keith is going to give you a list of recommended reading material for the summertime because it is a great season and Absolutely. now it's the time when we're at the beach and at Sagatuck and uh, yes. everywhere in between relaxing hopefully and enjoying some of the uh, weather that we weather we stay inside 10 months for right you know <laughs> yeah. uh, here in Michigan with some of the least amount of sunlight exposure in the uh, country oh, so uh, Keith how, how did you come to find yourself owning a bookstore oh geez um well, Common Language um, has been around for uh, it certainly it's has. almost 20 years now. And uh, um, Kate and Kelly were the owners before us, and they had had it for most of its history. Um, they bought it after about uh, two years. Um, and uh, they were ready to move on and um, started putting the word out that it was for sale. And one of the first people they put the word out to was Martin. He just happened to be... Uh, in the bookstore at the time, my partner Martin, and um, he came running down Fourth Avenue. And I can see Martin doing that, yeah. <laughs> to let me know about it, um, as as Martin likes to say, he always imagined, you know, having a bookstore as sort of a retirement mm -hmm. job, <laughs> and and somehow he saw that on a tropical island somewhere. <laughs> um, Was the bar and, also a retirement job? Or uh, <laughs> that... Oh boy, there's what, a good long the story right there. Yeah, we'll say. That for another week. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it, it took us a little while to um, to actually decide this was something we were going to do, and then to work out the, all of the mm -hmm. process of the sale and everything. Um, but we, we we came to realize that um, it was likely that if it did not sell, and at the time there were not other serious buyers, um, it was going to close, and we did not want to see that happen. Um, there are um, book, uh, small independent bookstores are closing all over the place now, and uh, um, and the gay bookstores are particularly hard hit. Um, and who are they being replaced by? Well, um, it's largely uh, the Amazons of the world, i.e., online buying, mm -hmm. and uh, the big box stores, the Borders and such. And um, it's not uncommon for one of the big bookstores to go into a town and decide that, you know, they want to become the bookstore um, if it's not a real large town. And um, they will, if if it's a, um, whatever the, the bookstore's specialty is, they will expand their holdings in that section and people will start going to there because they can get discounts and all of this sort of thing that the little independents can't afford. And then, of course, well, as soon as that bookstore goes out of business, in the in the case of a gay lesbian section, it'll go from being, you know, a, a couple of uh, um, uh, units mm -hmm. to one shelf again. 
And, wow. Uh, so, um, you know, it's, it is definitely, and, you know, that's the way of business. You know, that's everyone goes in and they're going to get rid of the competition and all of that. And well, so that's, that's largely what's happening is that um, uh, it's hard for an independent to compete um, one-on-one with uh, um, a, a, a behemoth like an Amazon. Um, but I think that, they, that it remains a very important part um, because, you know, we're out there, we're going to be talking later about Lambda Literary Awards. And, you know, a lot of these are coming from little presses. And these little presses, you know, the big stores don't really have an interest in carrying stuff from them. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, we've had on uh, uh, this show, we've talked about Homofactus Press. Yes. You know, yep. they have all of one book out. That's right. And, you know, you're not going to find that book in another bookstore. No. Um, but you will find it at Common Language. Okay, in now fact, you'll find a signed copy on it on Common Language. As far as your uh, as far as your local competition here, I'm uh, Borders Bookshop. How does their how does their selection and uh, ability to provide their customers with uh, gay material compare with yours? Well, um, and I, I don't want to be a Borders basher. <laughs> no, um, I, I don't because, either. Because this is, of course, the home of Borders. That's right. Um, uh-huh. I'm borders not scared no- of them. Right. Borders. <laughs> <laughs> borders number one. And, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who work there, and obviously there are people there who, who are passionate about books. But in terms of their, their gay lesbian section, you know, they they will have, you know, whatever the big best sellers are, you know, they will have those. Um, but you're not going to find a big backlist there. I, so they have, they've got about, uh, what, about five shelves now? I, it's been a while since I've I was been there. I, I don't go to Borders. Yeah, I go to the independent <laughs> bookstores. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been in there. But, you know, we've got about 6,000 volumes. I would guess the that uh, they probably um, provide for a much more mainstream audience uh, of, of book readers and book buyers. Right. Whereas common language is, uh, is is more in tune with the culture and is more directly focused to just the culture. And of course, anyone's welcome, mm-hmm. obviously, but uh, they're much more part of it. They're part right. of the community and uh, at common language. And common exactly. language was previously located on 4th Avenue. Right. And now its location is Carytown. How long have you been there? Uh, we moved there about two and a half years ago. Okay. Yep, right now, wow, it feels like yesterday. I know. Oh my gosh. My muscles still hurt from so yeah. <laughs> And And uh, it's in the building that is next to the out bar. That's correct. So now Carytown is is that like the gay area of Ann Arbor? You know, it's really funny. Um, when we uh, first opened the out bar, uh, we would often get um, calls because we were pretty much the only full-time, uh, yep. uh, well, common language in us, we were pretty much the only full-time uh, gay businesses yep. in town, gay-identified yep. businesses. And so I would get phone calls from people um, who were moving to town. It's like, I'm moving to town. Where's the gay section? Where do it, Where should I move? And I would just sort of shrug and say, uh, Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there are some areas that maybe have a few more rainbow flags than others. But Absolutely. for the most part, this is a very gay-friendly town. Um, but it's funny because um, after we opened the out bar, um, and this is even before Common Language, um, RAP opened uh, yeah. uh, their their um, community center in Broncourt also. And it was about the same time that all of this Richard Florida stuff about cool cities was happening. And there was a real, and one of the things that he talks about as being part of a cool city is a gay identity. And Carystown, um, as a district, started looking at this and going, you know, we are the cool part of this cool city. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and so... Um, 
you know, it's funny because as a result of all of these different things going on, and it all started with the out bar opening there, um, Carrie Town now I think is identified as the gay part of town. And um, so so that's the long answer. The short answer is, yeah, it's the gay part of town. Mm-hmm. Has the things has there been a difference between you know like um, things like for instance that now that you've moved from uh, from Fourth Avenue to Carytown? I mean, well, uh, you mean uh, uh, um, yeah, it's definitely been a positive step for us. Retail is um, you know storefront bricks and mortar retail is all about walk by traffic, right? And and the thing is. Um, we were a block off Main Street, which could it may as well have been 10 miles off Main Street. Uh-huh. But even if you are on Main Street, um, we're a niche market. Yes. And so, you know, it's a specific type of walk-by traffic that we want. And so, you know, someone walking by and, you know, there was a, a hair salon next to us. And just because they were going there and had 10 minutes to... Um, to themselves before their appointment didn't mean, oh, I'm going to stop in the gay bookstore and browse. You know, it just, it didn't necessarily follow. Whereas where we are now, and this is one of the, one of the reasons we stay open later till 10 o'clock on the week, uh, during the week until midnight on the weekends, is because there that's when our walk-by traffic is there. That's true. And there's a lot of people, and, you know, they're hanging out on the patio, and they see it's open, and it's like, oh, let's go walk through and browse. And, you know, sometimes they buy, sometimes they don't. But, you know, at least they are becoming familiar with the store. And so when they're thinking about um, books in the, the future, that's what they're going to think of. Absolutely. That sort of addresses the one of the differences between a brick-and-mortar storefront versus an online presence. And uh, you can provide an atmosphere there for people to kind of walk through. And uh, I've been in the store several times, and it's, there's, there's places to sit down. I, you serve teas and coffee still? Yes. Yep. yep. And, that's, and that's what people look for in bookstores, I mm-hmm. think, you know. And it's just it's a, a very unique kind of comfortable area and right. you and you don't get that with a web page right and and it's interesting because you know i spend a lot of time thinking about what is the future of books you know uh, much as um you know the music has gone through some very profound changes in the last 20 years in terms of its manner of distribution um and uh, um and and so uh, something like an itunes store you know you can listen to a snippet and that will help you make a decision um, that is not terribly unlike, and I don't want to say that book, uh, that mm-hmm. records or uh, music stores um, don't serve their purpose, but in terms of, of that experience, they're able to make certain decisions right. um, based on um, about things that they may not be directly familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but the same thing has not happened with books. As much as you know, Amazon likes to do the you know, click here, open this book, you know, read right. the first chapter. The experience of reading on a computer screen is still profoundly different. It is than the experience of That's reading right. off the the published page. It seems more so much so more organic to me. I don't know what it is if it's just because it's what I was brought up with or whatever. But just having a book physically in front of me versus reading off a screen, even then, like the books on you know, um, like there's uh, there's a lot of computers like portable computers now that you can be able to, that are big enough they're not the little handheld things but a little bigger that you can like actually just download an entire book and read it off the screen and there's just something so well, more organic having right. that you know, book that, that's a really me. great way to describe it too and and I think it's partly due to the technology in that even our great monitors that we have as as 
the liquid crystal displays, we have the high resolution, it's still not as high resolution as a printed page. And right. uh, instead mm -hmm. of instead of seeing your eyes are taking in information that's through reflected light when you're looking at a page, whereas when you're looking at a monitor, it's projected light. So it's just it's it's different which input is, to the brain. Right, which is much more exhausting to to read. It's one of the reasons why people don't like to read large amounts online. They like to go and get a certain amount of information. It's great for looking up, you know, that couple of paragraphs of information, um, but uh, you know. Try and read War and Peace, and you know you'll you'll do a page a day and finish when you're 85. And also the you know you, you Dan you mentioned the portable type of book yeah. reader, but mm -hmm. most people I think are probably still doing a lot of reading at a desk, you know, yeah. uh, with a chair mm -hmm. and uh, the the whir of a computer going and the fan, the noise. It's just not the same environment right. as taking a book with you to a park sitting underneath a tree, right. yep. having your boyfriend give you a massage right. while you're reading. Right. Uh, how did that get in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, there may yet be technological changes, but I think some of the, um, you know, that part of um, going to the bookstore is being able to browse in a way that is um, much more random than you're ever able to do right. um, on, online. And, um, you know, some of it is just, you know, you're looking for your favorite authors and you see other stuff there. Some of it is that person behind the counter may, you know, say, oh, you like Christopher Bram, you know, here's somebody, I like Christopher Bram too, and here's something else that if you like him, you'll like this stuff. Um, and, you know, the... And again, Amazon tries to do that as well. You know, the uh, people who bought this book also bought. And, yeah, that. And, you know, <laughs> everyone who's, who has experienced that looks at that and goes, that didn't help me much. No, no, it <laughs> never know, has. What yeah. do I care if somebody else bought that book? You know, right. I, yeah. I don't. You know, I don't. And, and, you know, also so much of it is uh, your eye catches something. And yes. who knows what it is. Something about the cover. Something about, um, you know, uh, somebody's name on the cover. You know, if Michael Cunningham had a little blurb and you like Michael Cunningham, it's like, oh, what's that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that won't necessarily... Uh, it, you won't get that experience any other place. Um, but I think even more than that, the um, GLBT bookstores even have have something above and beyond in importance to um, to the community. And uh, some of it is historical. You know, it's always been the place where a lot of activism has um, uh, centered. Yes. And, yes. And so, um, you know, it does. Uh, Gay bookstores, I think, are important not only to the community, but also important to um, creating a community. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. You're listening to Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN Radio in Ann Arbor and WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And we're talking with Keith Thor of the Common Language Bookstore. And bar. And the out bar. Well, no, it's, it's bookstore and bar, right? We we um, call it common language book bar. Is book, one of, ooh, is, book bar. Is, there you go. Is, is one of those. That's reasons. a new we term. Keep, yeah, it is. And we keep wanting to. We keep thinking we're somehow going to extend that liquor license over and and serve wine there, gotcha. which is part of it. Until then, it's a coffee and tea bar. There you go. There you go. <laughs> in, in a little bit, we're going to come up with uh, recommendations for reading in, during the summertime and to take with you when you're uh, out there on the beach or wherever else you like to enjoy your summer. Absolutely. Um, but first, Keith, when you took ownership of the bookstore, did uh -huh. you find that, did you become now more of a reading authority? Did you start to take in more <laughs> books? Were you uh, looking at the new publications every single week? Uh, what happened? Well, it's funny. Uh, as far as 
reading, um, one of our, another joke Martin and I have is we used to read a lot till we got a bookstore. Uh, <laughs> it, it just um, uh, uh, takes up so much time. We still read, but you know, we actually do not read as many books cover to cover as we used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly familiar with many more books. Um, you know, I'll, I will um, have publishers meetings. You know. Several, well, it depends on you know what month it is, whether we're getting ready for another season or not. But you know, a typical um, something like uh, Harper Collins rep, I will have a stack of when is that about? Oh, uh, stack maybe about a foot high of catalogs. Oh wow! And wow. I have to go through all these catalogs and look for things that are appropriate for our store. That's a good question. How? Do you choose the material for your store? Um, well, that's largely it right there. There are a couple of things. Um, one, it's always helpful when you have a rep who knows your um, uh, your store and what's going to be appropriate for your store. Some of the um, publishers are particularly good about having reps that are specializing in the and gay lesbian bookstores, and um, so those are generally phone reps. They're not coming around to the store, but I'll talk to them, and I'll have my catalogs and go through, and they'll say, uh, "Go, go back to page twenty-four. Ah. <laughs> you missed an important one there." And it is funny because these catalogs, you know, you're talking about um, visibility, and there are times, especially with the major publishers, they don't want a book necessarily to be put into the niche of gay lesbian book mm. because they think it might be <clears throat> limiting its appeal. They think it's a smudge mark. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, it's even in their own catalogs, there are times that they're disguising some of the content of the book. And, and so the rep has to say, yeah, see, see where it refer, see that word partner there. That that is a same sex partner they're talking about. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, so so yeah, the, I mean the, um, some of, there's some of that. Um, there are um, you know obviously I can't meet with reps from every publisher there is out there because there are thousands of them out there. There is more and more of a consolidation of publishers going on um, where you know. A, a, publisher may re- retain its identity as an imprint, but it gets bought by a larger publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, or there are large consortiums of um, publishers that distribute together and will have um, will rep- have a rep who reps that whole group. Um, so that helps. But even so, there are ones out there that, you, you know, you just miss. Homo factus is mm-hmm. just out there by itself. Right, right. Um, and and so those you know you sometimes pick up. Um, uh, there are a couple of distributors out there. Um, there's one called Bookazine, and they have a gay rap. This is like a he, they're they're a distributor. They don't represent any particular publisher. Um, so uh, this guy is out there, and every week he's sending out a okay. Here's what's available now. Um, I might not if I get it from him. I might not get it on the on sale date. Mm, <laughs> you know. Okay. Um, but it's a way of being able to catch some of the ones you miss you know it's like ooh, you know you've got this how did i miss that oh because it's from this publisher i have no particular relationship with so and what about like for instance like multiple uh publishers or distributors i mean if you get the same book would you get the same book from the same from different distributors or uh, possibly you could possibly get them from different um sources but it would either it would be somewhere um, along the same sup- supply chain, basically. Got it. Okay. In other words, um, you know, this guy, I mentioned Bookazine. There are three big ones out there: Bookazine, Baker and Taylor, and Ingram. And and you know, they they will have stuff from everybody. Okay. Um, it 
you know, costs me more to get it from them than directly from a publisher, but I can usually also get it quicker from them than I can elsewhere. Um, and they're also, you know, BMS corporation. So, you know, it's just, you're, you're just a number there. You don't really have that sort of personal relationship with somebody that's going to help you find the things that are right for this store. How's the literature changed over the past several years? Oh, what an interesting question. Um, in fact, it might even be a good segue into um, a book here. Um, it uh, j- just came out last week. Um, Armistead Maupin, um, who, of course, is well known for the whole Tales of the City series. Um, there were six of them all together. Uh, but the last one was nearly 20 years ago. And he just um, had a, this book come out, Michael Tolliver Lives. And... Um, and Michael was the main character, the one that was... Yeah, this is technically not a sequel, because um, Tales of the City was told in the third person. And so, and there were all of these colorful, colorful characters. And then this colorful character meets this one, and as a result, something funny happens, and then somebody else meets... So yes. it was very character-driven in this respect. Um, be, this is written in the first person for um, Michael Tolliver, who is sort of the alter ego of Armistead Maupin, ah. um, a sort of sweet-souled Southern boy. Uh, and <laughs> The alter ego, uh-oh. <laughs> What's Maupin said like? <laughs> And uh, uh, so this is, and, and a lot of the themes are similar, but they're, they're just much more personal. One of the reasons I um, thought of it immediately when you asked that question was because one of the really beloved characters in um, the t- original Tales of the City was his landlady, Anna Madrigal. Anna was a, um, a, a, what, about 60, I guess, well, 65, I mm-hmm. believe, at mm-hmm. the time when the, the um, series um, ended, ended yeah. um, uh, 20 years ago um, and it was a woman of mystery and ultimately one discovers and I don't think I'm giving anything away here because <laughs> I don't think so either uh, 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 that she's transgendered and um, was one of the very early transgendered um, and you know this wild and wonderful story she had grown up in a whorehouse yes. mother Mucka was her mother yes. and, and all of this um, and then her and, daughter was uh, Mona, living, Mona, Mona living with her yeah right and uh, um, so a lot of the story that was Anna's story um, had to do with a, um, a generational um, yes. thing. And, and so to her, um, the, the, the gender issues, she was very nonjudgmental. This was, you know, it was so funny because these other characters who lived in glass houses <laughs> would, <laughs> would become judgmental and Anna would, you know, f- put them in their place ultimately right um so you know i'm not saying that but certainly in terms of um her generation um her um gender identity um was something that it was sort of like she was born the wrong gender at birth and now this has been surgically corrected and we've taken care of it end of story right um, and in fact, it was a mystery. She did not proclaim herself as a transgendered person nope. because she th- really thought of herself as a woman. And, and that's what I am now. Um, and always have been. And yeah. always had been. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And one of the things I love about this book, the, you, you, for those who love Tales of the City, some of your, those favorite characters will be back. Not all of them survived the 20 years. Or some are not. Um, but, uh, um, but there are also some wonderful new characters. And one of them is Jake. And um, Jake is an FTM. Interesting. Uh, female to, to male. male. Yes. Um, however, non-surgical. 
and really no interest in having the surgery. Um, it had more to do with um, his own gender identity. And one of the things that uh, Maupin was always great about, and still is obviously, is characters that are true to themselves. Yep. In other words, as wild and strange a character as he invents, you believe it because whatever it is that they say yep. is right coming from that character's mouth. Absolutely. Um, and I thought I might um, read a, a little bit. Um, That'd be great. Wow. Oh. Look at the, how time's going. Nonetheless, I'll, I'll uh, read a little bit from, this is when um, Michael, it's, um, is, uh, um, it's flashback um, about when he met Jake. Oh, nice. And um, so um, chapter six, a guy without trying. But the night I met Jake at the Lone Star, the place was almost empty. He was sitting alone at the bar, this sturdy little Shetland pony of a guy with, corona, with a Corona in his fist. Every time he took a swig from the bottle, he'd set it down and regard it intently, as if about to say something terribly important to the lime wedge at the bottom. It was quite a brave little show of independence, so I was fairly certain he was looking for company. I pulled out the stool next to him. You mind? I would not have asked that in a crowded bar, but it seemed polite under the circumstances. Nah, buddy, it's cool. So I sat down and ordered a beer. Jake's little swig and stare ritual seemed to intensify. But he didn't gaze in my direction. Uh, kind of slow tonight, isn't it? I said. Yeah, I guess. I'm new to here. The bar or the town? The bar, he replied. And the town, too, more or less. I moved here from Tulsa a year ago. I asked him if San Francisco agreed with him. It's okay, he shrugged. But? I don't know. The guys are either totally married or ordering each other like pizzas off the internet. Or both. I'd like more of the stuff in between. Like, you know, just hanging and talking and taking it in from there. I'm into buddy sex, I guess. It doesn't have to be romantic or anything, just, you know, intimate, I said, providing the dreaded word. Those gray eyes were fixed on me now, almost lupine in the darkness. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, I said. But you can say all that online, you know. That's the great thing about the web. You can ask for exactly what you need. I know that, he said, but I'd rather not ask the whole world if I can help it. I turned and smiled at him. I know what you mean. At the time, I thought I did. And I'll skip a little bit uh, where Michael goes to the bathroom, and there's a guy um, in the bathroom who um, basically is telling him, hey, if you're looking to get laid, that's not a real man out there. Ah, and okay. It's, uh, uh, anyway, so Revealing he comes back. Secrets. Right, so he comes back from that. And, um, uh, and, and of course, Michael, you know, is HIV positive. This was, happened before the 20 years. So, again, oh, not, giving anything, wow, okay. not giving anything away there. Um, but, you know, oh, really? So, Michael was? Yes, Michael was, yeah. When did he get... Po oh, I didn't even know that. Okay, we'll yep. talk about that anyway, out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, Michael is one who also is familiar with a lot of dating secrets and rituals and all of this sort of thing. So, anyway, Jake hopped off the stool as soon as he saw me returning from the restroom. He was about five, six or thereabouts, somewhere in the Tom Cruise range. What'll it be, buddy? Burritos or burgers? Either's fine, I said. As we left the Lone Star together, the Kilt Queen, that was the guy in the bathroom, uh -huh. um, turned and watched us in undisguised horror. I gave him a thumbs up just for the hell of it. I won't pretend I wasn't walloped by the news. Jake's masculinity was the very thing that had drawn me to him in the first place. It wasn't some phony butch overlay. It came from deep inside, and it was totally devoid of irony. He didn't even seem queer to me. He was more like some easy-going straight guy. A guy without trying. Except. 
I stole quick glimpses of him as we sauntered toward the taqueria. Under the street light, his jaw looked just as strong and square as it had in the dark. I tried like hell to see a woman there, but couldn't. His gait was a little studied, I guess, like a boy rehearsing his swagger on the first day of camp, and I towered over him considerably, but all of that just added to the charm. I wondered if his chest was bound or if he'd had surgery. I wondered if his nipples were funny-looking. I wondered if he'd had a penis made out of whatever the fuck they make penises out of. I wonder how often he picked up gay men, and if he'd always preferred them to women, and if he was scared shitless right now, wondering, if I'd already guessed, wondering what I'd do when the other shoe dropped. At the Tuckeria, we talked about gardening and the war in Iraq and the nifty new copper-clad museum rising in the park. He tried to talk about the 49ers, poor thing, but gave up the effort when it became clear that sports banter was not in my manly repertoire. When our talk turned to where we lived, I knew where we were heading. I'm in the DuBose Triangle, he said, but I have roommates. Ah, I said, realizing exactly what that but meant. How about you, he asked. I'm up on Noe Hill. No partner or anything? Nope, I smiled at him. Not for a few years now. I'm just out for fun these days. He nodded solemnly for a moment. I'm really into giving at, he said. Is that so? I gave him a crooked smile. I'm pretty good at it, too. You could just kick back. There was no easy response to this. Nothing glib that could rescue me. I liked Jake well enough, and he was still a hot little bear cub in my mind's eye. But what would happen once we got down to business? Would the illusion still hold? Would I embarrass myself completely, or worse, hurt his feelings? I bought time by asking the question I'd rarely asked before in my 55 years of experience. Aren't I a little old for you? Jake just shrugged. Age is no biggie if I like the guy. And there's something else, I said, reminding myself of Jack Lemmon in the last scene of Some Like It Hot, when he's up against the wall and desperately searching for all the reasons he can't marry Joe E. Brown. I'm HIV positive. That just made him shrug again. Then I went floss, he said. When I laughed at that, Jake laughed too, almost in relief, realizing that he'd won that round out of sheer audacity. It was a moment of brotherly bonding, so the pressure was off for a full five seconds before he turned serious again. There's something I have to tell you, he said. I'd been ready for this, so I looked him squarely in the eye. No, you don't, I said. You really don't. He gazed at me solemnly for a moment. You're cool with it, then? I'm new to it, I said. Let's put it that way. We could talk about it if you want. I shook my head. I'll spare you the after-school special. I'm sure that gets old. Oh, man, said Jake. The thing is, I offered, I'm sort of an old dog, and you're sort of a new trick. Jake, Jake smiled at my inadvertent pun. Do you mind if I uh, ask how you know? I decided to banish the kilt queen once and for all. It doesn't matter, I told him. It had nothing to do with how you look, if that's what you mean. For real? I nodded. You're a handsome guy from where I sit. Jake was blushing furiously now, a tide of scarlet surging beneath his five o'clock shadow. He plunged a fork into his burrito. Can we go to your place then? I nodded. As long as you understand, you won't have to do anything to me, all right? That wasn't what I... And don't worry, he added. I keep my jeans on. I don't like that thing any more than you do. Wow. I feel like we escaped for just a moment. I seriously, <laughs> no, I was like... I was like... Watching it all happen. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Keith. And that absolutely. was uh, Armistead Maupin's... Uh, Michael Tolliver Lives. Yes. Yep. And that is, and that is one of the, the new publications. Yep, just came out last week. 
And what? Yeah, absolutely. So what else? If if we're going on vacation <sighs> and Dan and I were, if Dan and I were going to take a long drive across the uh, across the country, and, but not read a drive at the same time. No, <laughs> no, no. no. The read pa- to each other. The passenger oh, okay. would be reading to the driver. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And what? do you ever do that? I actually have. Yeah. I actually have. Like you know, the, the the part where that's usually the deal. Like if I go on long trips, where the. Uh, um, it's you have to keep the driver awake. So right. whatever I have to do to keep the driver awake. <laughs> I, I think reading to somebody is kind of a nice, intimate. You it know, is. Yeah. Yeah. Martin and, I, Martin and I do that. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, a few things I um, brought along um, under sort of the category of summer reading. One. Um, uh, this came out a while ago, maybe three, four months ago, but uh, I just love this author, Anthony Badalka. Okay, hold it up to the microphone. I'm holding <laughs> it up to everybody. Um, and Anthony Badalka is um, Canadian, A, eh? And he writes uh, um, the series of mysteries where Russell Quant is the uh, detective. And this is the fourth in the series. Um, he's won Lambda Awards twice now, actually, wow. for um, uh, earlier ones in the series. He's a wonderful writer. So, uh, you know, yes, it is um, nice summer reading, you know, z- sit by the pool in Sagatuck and read your mystery. But it's also really well written, so it's it's worth it. This one is called Stain of the Berry. Let's spell the author's name. Uh, Bidulka, B-I-D. U-L-K-A. Stain of the Berry. Yeah. Mm. And this is, and, and it's wonderful because, you know, a lot of um, uh, mysteries have backstories, you know, so that um, you have, uh, uh, the more you read, the more you know about mm-hmm. the characters uh, that are involved. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. And this one actually, it's interesting because there's a very involved backstory that doesn't, isn't necessary to any give one of the given mysteries, oh, but nice. it's sort of like this mystery that's going on behind it all. And every one you read, you you catch a little bit more and go, "Ooh, what really is going on here?" Oh, so he, he knows, but the rest of us don't. Wow, stay and I know, tuned. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I know he knows because uh, we've talked. He's been to the store, um, oh, nice. and uh, uh, there's been a lot of talk about how yes, he has notebooks filled with that whole backstory he knows everybody's birthday he knows everybody's you know he's got so birthday it's a clue (laughs) (laughs) right the whole thing and and in fact actually this is another fun thing here this is um i was uh i think it's a i believe it's a first for me that um uh uh, i'm i'm thanked in the acknowledgements (gasps) really yeah um, it was very funny. I was just sort of glancing through them, and my, and my name popped out at me. I'm like, whoa, what's that? <laughs> um, uh, and it's funny, because in the acknowledgments, he t- spends a lot of time talking about people who have helped him become known and sell his books and all of that, as opposed to some of the usual ones. Yes. And uh, so, you know, there are a whole bunch of um, uh, folks out there who, who've helped. Uh, let's see if I can find it in here. It's something like, to Martin and Keith, whose hospitality is anything but common. And uh, that's a good yeah, paraphrase no, of it. Another another famous person yeah. in being published. Yeah. See, it's look just, at this. Terrific. Absolutely. And, and, and actually, there's another little bit in there, too. He met our dog because, you know, oh, our dog comes yes. to work with us, our dogs. And, and the older one has a, her own little song, Chachka. Oh. I'm a little Chachka short and stout. Here's my tail. Here's my snout. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we sing it to her. She thinks it's great. 
I do too. <laughs> that's fabulous. And Russell Quant sings it to his dog. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's fabulous. You've become part of the subject. Absolutely. So anyway, that's a wonderful read. Okay, and that's um, Badalka's Stain of the Berry. Stain of what the else? Berry. Let's see. You had mentioned how, um, you know, oh, what can I read that, um, and I don't read much. Um, this one actually just came out in paperback. I know we talked about yes. it when it came out in hardcover. No, you're, you're talking about me because so I'm, I'm not, I have to tell you, I have to confess, I'm not a big reader and when i do read it's usually some technical book or, Ooh, or something fine. short or whatever yeah, else because yeah. i i feel like that i should be uh doing something else besides reading and that's that's my own problem so what can <laughs> you recommend for someone like me anyway this would be perfect for you it's it's actually a um young adult book but everyone i know who has read it adores it um it's called totally joe by james howe james howe has been a young adult writer um not always specifically about gay issues but always about difference issues. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Joe is a 12-year-old kid um, who is, has a high school, has a school assignment that he has to write a um, sort of a, a biography um, where each chapter starts with a different letter of the alphabet. Um, oh, yes. I do remember this yes, one now. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see if I could I'll try and just read like a paragraph or two, make it really quick here. Um, Dear Mr. Daly, okay, this is how it starts. Dear Mr. Daly, okay, I admit it. When you first gave us this assignment, I thought it was lame. Write about yourself from A to Z? Boring, no offense. Besides worrying that I wouldn't know what to write for every single letter. Hello, does anybody know an X word other than xylophone? And does anybody play the xylophone? And if they did, would anybody care? Well, I was thinking, can I really tell the truth about myself? I'm not ashamed of my life or anything. I'm only 13, 12 when I started writing this, so I doubt I've gotten to the really embarrassing stuff yet. But let's face it, I'm not exactly your average Joe, and I get called plenty of names because of it. And then there was all the stuff that happened last year. I mean, was I really going to write about all that? And when you said we had to end every chapter with a life lesson to share with others, I thought, oh my God, that is so Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> But I got the point. You wanted us to think and uh, so on. But that's uh, that uh, sounds that's the fun. Opening. That sounds it, like a fun, easy read. Right? It, it is an easy read <laughs> for but someone it like me. So <laughs> letter a day. <laughs> that's all I need. It but then what happens after twenty six so days? Fun. Oh, <laughs> another, another book. <laughs> that's totally Joe, and it's by, uh, by James Howe. James Howe. H O W E. Okay. Um, let's see another one, and I still haven't had a chance to read it, which is too bad because I love Love Raphael. Speaking of mysteries, Hot Rocks, his latest Nick Hoffman mystery. Lev is a local author, uh, lives up in uh, Lansing, East Lansing, or Okamos, or somewhere around there. Um, so, uh, and, and his other mysteries are just wonderful as well. So, and this, I'm would, sure be this would be a good And good this one. would be a cover that I would probably catch my eye as well. Mm. So, in yeah. fact, that was the first thing Lev said when he told me that he his new book was coming out. He said, and they've got finally put the cover on that's going to sell some books. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> You'll have to go see the book if <laughs> you want to know what the picture Actually, is. you know, that's not quite true. His very first book was Dancing on the Tisha B'Av, which was a collection of stories about being Jewish and um, gay. Mm. Um, and an incredible thing. Um, it, uh, amazing literary achievement. You talk about him and, a lot with, yeah. Yeah, love. and, and uh, um, it's sort of been reissued under a different title with some new things, which is too bad because the original, um, if nothing else, had one of the hottest covers I think I can remember. So um, his first cover and now his most recent ones are very hot. Um, uh, and we're down to just a minute or two. This is a great one for uh, um, Sarah Waters. Um, is 
uh, the book is called The Night Watch. And um, this, I also bring up, I, I actually brought it because we were going to talk about the Lambda Literary. That's right, exactly. Oh and we're just <laughs> completely out of time right now on that. But um, it did win for the be uh, best lesbian fiction. So I bring that along. Uh, the Night like, Watch. Looks like we'll have to music come, You'll have to come back. All right. Keith Orr of the Common Language Bookstore. The email, I believe, is glbtbooks.com. Is that? That's the URL, right? glbtbooks.com. Yep. glbtbooks.com and uh, Common Language in Braun Court, bar owner, bookstore owner, and now literary enthusiast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Keith, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Always love being here. I could. And we'll see y'all. I'll see you next week. Okay, see you next week. Thanks, Alex. Alex, our engineer. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Closets Are for Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbnclosets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhash, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else. What am I listening to? WCBN FM Ann Arbor. I'm your host. My name is Robert. You just heard Closets Are For Clothes. I'll be here from 7 to 9 as usual on Wednesdays spinning uh, oh, sort of the gamut of soul and funk mostly from the 60s and 70s. Although we're going to start off tonight. Well, this first track is from 78. But uh, I've been getting into and playing on this show more sort of modern and 80s soul. And this should be a nice example of that. going to start off tonight with a... Uh, a duet on a duet LP, we'll say, by Beverly and Dwayne, 